0: And Brighton here. Yeah. The shot on is a striker, so he should. Be. Oh, only parried out. A Stipanijev absolutely puts the cherry on the icing on the cake. Brighton have ruled out Arsenal in the title race. And
1: Arsenal's fading title hopes were dealt a devastating blow as we lost to Brighton at home to leave Manchester City now one win away from a fifth Premier League title in six seasons. A very, very tough day at the office, ladies and gents, boys and girls. Really sad to end what's been such an amazing season, the way that it has ended today. Um, Petered out, whimpered out, just a real sort of flat, weak performance from Arsenal. So much to talk about. Uh, If you've been to the game, if you've watched on TV, if you've... If you're trying to just seek some therapy because non-Arsenal fans are going in and going in hard, lots of noise from even corporate accounts laying into Arsenal tonight, it's going to be a tough few days now until the end of the season. So if you've been to the game, if you want to have your say, tell us about your thoughts on the result, what it means, hopes for next season, or are any of you secretly optimistic of maybe just maybe an even bigger miracle. Uh, request the mic and have your say. Welcome to the post-match phone-in here on Latte Firm. Uh, as we normally do, uh, guys, let's go straight to our first co-host, and that is, of course, Wayne, who is at Wayne's World 20 underscore. Wayne, welcome to the show. I wish I was welcoming you on under more positive circumstances. How are you feeling, buddy? Hey, I'm all good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay. There's lots to think about from today's game, Wayne. Lots to digest. I'm sort of sat here scratching my head thinking... What was that performance? Uh, did mm-hmm. the pressure get to us? Uh, were we, did, you know, did, did the mentality of 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 you know, the effect of City winning earlier on sort of get to us? Were Brighton superior, and do they deserve all the plaudits that they seem to be getting? What kind of went wrong? So many thoughts going through my head, mate, and I'm really interested to kind of hear your thoughts on the game. Uh, let's also bring in Gav, who is actually War well, Gav. Welcome to the chat, mate.
2: Oi oi, as it one Not
1: bad, not bad. Obviously, could be, should be, and wish I was much, much happier. But of course, that's not the case, Gav. A humbling defeat today, and of course, our fading title hopes now uh, delivered a devastating blow by the machine that is Manchester City. Um, Gav, just stay with you, mate. I mean, look. Overall, I know we're just an hour. It's sort of post-kickoff. What's the raw emotion like from you? I'll
2: be honest with you. I'm. Uh... Um, um... Despite the the game today, our performance obviously full credit to Brighton today. I thought they were magnificent. They actually out Arsenal'd Arsenal, so uh, full full credit to Brighton today. Uh, I'm putting that down as one of the best performances against us, uh, apart from Man City all season uh, by miles, absolute miles. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not too despondent. Uh, the thought in my mind that we would come out first probably faded you know, about three or four games ago. We probably faded after the West Ham draw and the Southampton draw. And I was just like, right. Do you know what I mean? Thank God seconds is secured. Uh, and at the end of the day, the league table really, really lies at the end of the season. We have been consistently, over these 38 games, we've been the second best team in the country. And we've taken Man City uh, to, to the last final three games of the season. If it wasn't for us, this season, would have, this year, this premiership, this multi-billion pound TV extravaganza that's broadcasted all over the world. If it wasn't for us, this would have been the biggest dead rubber season ever at the Premiership. Because Man City would have won it with a, at least nine games to go if it wasn't for us this year. So anybody from the Tottenham lot uh who, to be fair, I really really hope Brighton finish above them. Do you, I mean, I want to see them in the Bloody, not even getting a conference next year. Tottenham, nothing to say. Man United, your team, the rivals in the city that your club plays in, because obviously the majority of their fans live nowhere near bloody Manchester, but they're about to do an historic treble and they're going to win the league three times on the trot. And they're going to end up with more points in the season than Man United ever. Liverpool, absolute dirt of a season. Chelsea, absolute dirt of a season. So, we can hold our heads up high. We've done our best to win the league. We've got, you know, we could end up on 86 points, which is a massive, massively good total. We've gone from a team that has gone from 8th to 5th to 2nd, that's had a complete rebuild, that's done it the right way, that hasn't got billions and billions of money coming in from oil or from shell companies or from investors who want to, you know, buy their own players and take advice off James Cordon, who the manager's going to be. Uh, there's no club that can say anything to us. Even Man City. We know you've cheated. You know you've cheated. You don't care because you're winning trophies. Do you know what I mean? Man City fans do not give us stuff that at some point they should be getting sanctioned for the continuous breaches of financial fair play and illegal payments, et cetera, et cetera, that they've made over the years. There is nobody, not one club in this country that can say a word to us about this season. And if teams want to bring up, oh, you bottled it. Jesus, mate, most of the teams bottled it about 10 bloody games ago. So to give it to us, no, mate, I, I ain't having no stick whatsoever by any, anyone. And, Again, to the Arsenal supporters who are going to be feeling a bit down, I'm devastated, I'm upset, I'm angry like everybody else. But I'm dealing with it. We've got to deal with it. You've got to look at where we were this time last year, where we were the year before that, where we were for the last God knows years under Wenger, where we were under Emery. We've got a team to be proud of. We're back at the top of the table. We've got the best best record that a top flight London club has got in London derbies with 10 wins 2 draws and most importantly next season we've got Champions League football in for the first time in what is it 6 years 7 years
1: yeah
2: and that's it mate we're on the up the Arsenal are back and as long as Edu and Arteta, who would have already planned next season. The minute we qualify for the Champions League, they rubbed this whiteboard off with all these players that they were going to go for if we was in the Europa League. That got wiped. Edu's phone, the minute we got Champions League football, has been ringing off the hook. We've got so many players that, who I'm actually telling their agent, phone Arsenal, I'd love to play for Arsenal. So, the biggest job that Arteta and Adou have got this season is getting their main targets. We desperately need rice. Nobody can tell me any different. Right? That aside, they've got to weed out the players that want to come to us. But do they want to come to us for Champions League wages? Or do they want to come to us to be at ours for the next five years and build stuff? Arteta and Adou, this summer, it could be a massive, massive summer. Loads of outs. I mean, we've got about 12 players on loan. I expect at least eight of them to be sold. Do you know what I mean? We've got a couple of players out of, you know, out of contract. Hopefully, one might get a new contract. The rest go away. Do you know what I mean? We've got some fringe players, some of which worth a lot of money. Uh, look, we could cash in on. You know, some of them could be heartbreaking. Some of them could be hell Look, you know, look, we'd love to see do well. But what I do, and I tell have got to do this summer, is... They've got to bring in four players, a minimum of four players, that are going to challenge to be in the first 11 for our top games. Do you know what I mean? We need Rice, that's one. We need a goal scorer. We have not got an out-and-out goal scorer. We need an out-and-out goal scorer. Do you know what I mean? Preferably one who can, you know, do little bits from coming in on the left. But the ideal player for that is Tony. And God knows what's going to happen with his band for his... Gambling es- escapades. Do you know what I mean we do need a left back? Do you know what I mean we do need to see Tom, how uh, Tommy Asker is? Do you know what I mean there's it's a massive, massive summer, and they've got to spend big this summer. If there's any ambition for our club to be going forwards and to continue to fight at the top and to actually put in uh, a Champions League performance, which is worthy of the Arsenal. They've got to go out and they've got to get these four top players for next season. But apart from that, I'm fine, mate.
1: (laughs) Gosh, that was only first question. How are you feeling after the game? And uh, Gav's given his uh, full thesis on the summer. Uh, Listen, Gav, I hear your pain, but I think there are two points that I want to make in counter to that. The first thing is... We've seen a lot this season to be really proud of, to be really encouraged by next season. And of course, like you say, uh, Edu and Arteta have got a summer of build to do. And hopefully we can get players over the line. And and I've taken a lot of pelters in the last half an hour on the sort of journey home from non-Arsenal fans. But look, it's quite clear to me, Arsenal City top two and they're going to be top two for a long, long time. None of the other teams are close to us and I'm absolutely confident that Arteta Renédu will go out and get the right things because I think we're going to be clear again next year and we will be competing with City. Wayne, let's bring you in. Um, Line-up was announced before the game. Um, Only changes, I guess. Uh, Sinchenko didn't quite make the team, so Tierney did start at left-back. Erdogan, Jorginho, Jaco midfield, Martinelli, Saka and Jesus. Martinelli, of course, going off injured and Trossard coming on for most of the game. When the team news was announced, Wayne, what were your thoughts?
3: Um...
4: Nothing really surprising to be honest. I don't really know what else we could have done. I think the only the only real question could have been did Party come back in for Jorginho, maybe? But Jorginho's performance was so good against Newcastle, I don't really see why that would really have been a realistic thing. But um the lineup the lineup was what it was. I was just really, really disappointed from minute one because it, it sounded as though the crowd and it looked as though the players had just finished watching the Manchester City Everton game and had gone into that maybe thinking that Everton would have given us a uh, given us a little bit of a favour and then saw how easy it was for Man City and it just looked and sounded like everyone lacked all belief like everything was flat the performance was flat the like the atmosphere was flat like everything about it was just really really down and it was strange because it's not been like that all year And I'm not saying it's the fans' fault whatsoever. I'm I'm not suggesting that. I was just very disappointed at how everything around the start of the game went off. And it's still frustrating because in that first half, I feel like we could have been a couple of goals ahead. There was a few chances that we just weren't really clinical enough or we messed up in and around the box in creating something clear. But our heads dropped in that second half. And I agree with what Gab said in terms of spending big money. And I believe that they'll bring in, whether it's Rice, whether it's Casido, whether it's whoever. uh, I I believe in these guys to bring in what's right. But I don't know if signings are necessarily enough. Like, you can spend 200 million, that's fantastic. But we need to do something about our mentality at at crucial times, because this is now the second or third year in a row where we've crumbled at the back end of April, beginning of May with things on the line and, it's not just today it's going back to the the second half at, at liverpool which you can kind of you can kind of allow but the, the the performance against west ham after going 2 0 up the performance against southampton like we've dropped more points in this last what seven games than we did in the first 20 plus like it, it's just been really really strange and i think it needs more than it needs more more than sign ins i think the positive thing is after last season and the way that we crumbled, we bounced back in a way that I definitely didn't expect. And like mentality wise until the end part of the season, these guys can't be questioned. So um, I have no doubt that they'll do it again next year, but I don't think it's as easy to just say, yes, yeah, spend 200 million and it gets done because the players that we're targeting, the players that we want, like Rice, Casido, they haven't been in the position that we're, that we want to be in either. So if we get to a title race again, we're going to be relying on inexperience again, potentially. So, we need to get that right and we need to get the mentality right going forward as well.
1: Yeah, I think you're quite right. Uh, right, I can see El Boogie, Guna Nick Xavier, uh, Sam, Lewis, Ode to Joy, Justice, Jake. You've all requested the mic. We're going to get through as many calls as we can. If you're tuning in just now, please do drop a like on the... Um... On the like, sorry, it's my or my autopilot. Please do drop a follow to Latte but It's the only place you can get post-match phone-ins on an Arsenal match day. Just to recap, uh, a very frustrating day for Arsenal. We needed to respond after Manchester City beat Everton at Goodison by three goals to nil. And Wayne, to your point, I really convinced myself that Everton were going to get something today from City. Um, I kind of went into 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 the day thinking, right, they're going to you know they're going to draw. And when City brushed them aside and and did so comfortably. My heart went, my head went, and I'm just a fan, and I suspect that would have been the same for the players. Uh, Leo Trossard hit the bar early on, Burkayo Sakra and Martin Erdegaard came close before, and Cisco's close range had to put Brighton ahead. Then substitute Dennis Undav doubled the lead after lobbing Ramsdale from close range in the 87th minute, it felt like. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Stu added to our misery when they scored in the 95th or 96th minute. This now means that Manchester City will win the Premier League title next weekend if they can beat Chelsea. Uh, but, of course, we play Forest before that. So if we don't win at Forest, then they will automatically be champions. Right, first caller of tonight's show is going to be Sam. Sam, thank you for joining the post-match phone-in on Latte Firm. Welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, it's not a very pleasant day, but Sam, how are you feeling?
5: Oh, sorry, lads. I just ate a mouthful of food as well. Wasn't ready. <laughs> um, That's
1: quite all right, mate. What are you eating? Cheer me up.
5: Um, got lasagna and garlic bread. Oh, mate, classic. Um, Absolute
1: classic. So
5: made me feel better because I just lost uh, six aside at the same time as Arsenal as well. So all round uh, <laughs> could be better.
1: <laughs> Comfort eating. I like it, Sam. Well, listen, what would you like to say about the Arsenal performance today? And of course, on the verge of, of losing the title race now to Manchester City.
5: Yeah, um, I've I've been saying to <clears throat> you know I've been saying my my dad's a, a Leeds fan and he's been trying to like say you know Arsenal been you know they'd be keep going to keep going with City but you know as soon as that West Ham game uh, I just felt like that we'd mentally lost a lot of um from the back to back draws at Anfield and West Ham I felt like that was a massive mental um damaging to the team, especially just Man City have just we can say we lost the league and obviously, like we say, rival fans are battling, you know, I'm getting texts now from rival fans I haven't heard for months now going, oh, they bottled it but, you know, at the end of the day, we're taking on a team that hasn't lost since that Tottenham game in January or something, they're just, you know, the billion-pound squad, Haaland's 50-odd goals, you know, it's just relentless but I do feel that we, I do feel it's been coming and like for us to stay in the, this race until this long is amazing, but it's just annoying. Those West Ham and Southampton games, I, I feel really were the turning point where I just feel like, even like we say, the Man City after that, Chelsea, Newcastle, we did really well, but I feel mentally we did lose a lot in those draws.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Sam. There was an inevitability about maybe City sort of catching us. But I do want to get your thoughts on on today's game, because a lot of people are talking about the race in general. What do you put it down to? I mean, 3-0 at home in an opportunity where, you know, Arsenal are obviously fighting for the title. The performance was flat. It lacked intensity. It lacked tempo. Brighton were good. They were great. They took the chances on the day, of course. But, you know, from the like, like Wayne says, from the atmosphere... To the performance, I mean, what do you put it down to? Have we, have we bottled it? Have we choked? Was there a mental sort of um, you know, mountain to climb for us? Like what, what, how would you describe it?
5: Yeah, I think Wayne was right. Where I don't, it did feel like the players were playing where we have watched Man City absolutely. Obviously, they were 3 0 up after 50 minutes, and I didn't watch it, but I presume that was that was pretty much it. So, I, I feel like they almost saw that as well. <clears throat> if we beat Brighton today, they're not going to beat City, so it was almost Everton, and that's it as the last um, hurdle. So um, I don't. But then that's not good enough, is it? Because like as any you know title chaser says, we've got to do our own job. We can't look at others. But clearly, that's not uh, the case if we're watching our rivals and then playing like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we just had, you know, we were having a lot of injuries, and you know, been playing quite intense games. You know, Newcastle was intense. Chelsea, albeit it was, we were much better. Is an intense atmosphere. So maybe it's just mental fatigue the whole season. And like you say, I know Brighton. Obviously, they had one off at Everton, but clearly, you know, of the bits I've seen today, they're just a quality team, well drilled, um, and are trying to finish on a high in Europe. So it's a culmination of a lot of things, but. Uh, like I said for ages as well, second is still for me the best season we've had since the Invincibles. Um, so we just have to remember that. And like um, like it was mentioned already, um, it's a big summer
1: as well. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Sam. Thanks for joining us tonight and being the first caller on tonight's show, Gav. I want to come to you. Um, Sam mentioned you know everyone's going to throw the bottler label at us. Can I ask you? I mean, have Arsenal bottled it? Have we choked at the business end of the season? What are your thoughts?
2: <sighs> I'm trying to put this into words that would not get you suspended if you put this on YouTube or Linkin and uh or any other streaming site. Uh no, we haven't bottled it. I mean we've got a young, inexperienced squad who unfortunately due to injuries of some of our better players throughout the whole season, uh we've just run out we've we've run out a bit of puff. We've, you know, they've run out of, of a bit of... I'm like, not say yeah, I mean, we've been playing once a week instead of three times a week, and I've probably made that point on previous spaces. that, you know, that should be immensely to our advantage. But the facts are, Saka, last five or six games, dropped. Martinelli, yeah, he's been getting the goals, but his levels from, from the start of the season dropped. The only one, apart from today, whose performance levels... Uh, in the attacking sense, has actually got better over the last uh, sort of month, really, has been Odegaard, uh, who's literally uh, pulled us up by our bootstraps and led by a complete example. Uh, Jesus, I'm fast losing patience with a number nine who's not even getting shots on goal. Do you know what I mean? Uh, obviously, I'm not saying that you know, I mean, basically, if we had Harland, we would have won the league. I mean, it, it is that simple. Somebody at the number nine, at the number nine spot who's banging the goals in. Yeah, it's very good to have three or four players that are all getting twelve plus goals, blah blah blah. But I'm old fashioned, mate. I want a number nine. I want us to what two of the. I mean, obviously, this you know, the number nine spot is the most expensive spot. Do you know what I mean? This summer, we've got to get somebody in at number nine that's going to put Jesus down onto the bench. It's, it's that simple for me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Wayne, I've got to ask you the same question because
1: we are probably going to get pelters for it over the next few days. I can see the headlines already. Arsenal's title challenge runs out of steam. Gunners choke at the business end of the season. Um, How would you describe the inevitability, as I put it down, to Manchester City sort of pipping us right at the end? Is is it a case of that? Or is it just, you know, literally like Gav says, run out of legs, run out of steam, run out of puff?
4: Um, I think it's a mixture of all of them, really. I think we've, I wouldn't say that we've bottled the league overall, but I think there's been elements of a bit of a, a capitulation at times. Like the West Ham game, the Southampton game, you can't, you can't do that. challenge for a title if you're going up against Man City but the funny thing is even had we won those games Man City would still be what level on points with us or still have it in their hands and ahead of us on goal difference because they've gone on this stretch of 11 wins in a row now so we could have won those games and still finished second so it's difficult to say that we've bottled it because Manchester City are going to go on on and win it anyway I think the problem the problem for me has come down to what I've been screaming about on these spaces, what I've spoke to you about on Late Night Lattes. We've run out of legs at the wrong time, and it comes down to the fact that we didn't really rotate properly earlier on in the season. There's, uh, like, Saka shouldn't have been playing... Like, I don't mind him playing early Europa League like group stage games, but he shouldn't be playing 90 minutes in those games. I don't mind him coming off the bench for 5-10 like, minutes in a Carabao Cup game. But it shouldn't be necessary if we're comfortable, if we're comfortably losing or if we're we're comfortably winning a game or something like that. And there were times where we've not rested key players at key times. And I think we spoke on the last phase, or it might have been on the last late night latte that I was on with UFK, that back in December, back in November, Pep took KDB out of the team for like three, four weeks. And everyone was talking about KDB being done at Manchester City. But when it comes to the business end of the season, KDB is fresh and is ready to fire them to their titles. You've got Haaland, who might have been in an amazing, amazing goal scoring form. He scored today against Everton and he's off at around about 67 minutes or whatever it is. Like, then they're, they're doing what they can to keep the minds and the legs fresh for the right part of the season. And the other element of that is. They're bringing in players and keeping everybody active. And the reason why I wanted us to stay in competitions like the FA Cup and competitions like the Europa League, everyone always focused on the negative of, oh, a player might go down injured and use the Saliba one as a case. But we come into this writing game now and we're bringing players cold off the bench. Like Emil Smith-Rowe hasn't given us proper minutes for months, but he could have been getting those minutes if we were still in the Europa League. Players like Nelson, he's coming in and having. I thought he'd done bloody well coming off the bench, but he's coming off the bench freezing cold. He's not acclimatized to like the way we've been playing. He's not. He might be match fit, but he's not at the top of his game where he can just go in and do what we might necessarily want him to do. He might have been that if we were still in competition because you're, you, you're keeping the mind fresh, you're keeping the legs fresh. And when we go back to last season, we brought in guys like Lukonga, Tavares, Cedric. The quality was way, way off. But they hadn't played football for like two, three months because we were knocked out of every competition. You can't rely on the same sort of 11 to 14 players for a whole season. And I think that we're paying the price for a little bit of early season running this team for 90 minutes because we were playing so well and, and not taking people out of firing line, giving them a little bit of a breather. Because now, at the end of the year, it looks like they're all just shattered. Not physically, but mentally as well. And it was coming out a little bit today. And I know the referee was awful. Like, the officials were were absolutely terrible. But it just looked as though we got very emotional during this game as well. So, next year, not only with depth, I'm sure we'll sign. But Mikel Arteta needs to do a better job of... Just bringing in a player. A player might be in amazing form. Saka might have scored five goals in, in five games in a row or something like that. But you've got to take him out for a game just to give whoever our right-winger backup is next year another opportunity so that we can just keep everyone at the top of their game.
1: Indeed. Uh, over Well over 100 of you are listening live right now and hundreds of you have already tuned in tonight's show. Thank you for tuning in. If it's the first time, do follow Latte Firm. The only place on a match day you can get these post-match phone-ins for Arsenal. Uh, right, let's rattle through some of the callers. Saviour, you're up next. I will go to Richard. I see Lewis and Jake in the background as well. I'll try and work my way through, chaps, as per normal. Saviour, welcome to the show. What would you like to say about Arsenal's defeat today at home to Brighton? F Kizzy, what's going on, man? How you feeling? Uh, I've been better man I've been better but cheer me up my friend what What can you say to me that's gonna give me positivity for the rest of the summer I'm gonna try
6: give me a lot of pressure like the boys had on their shoulders today um, <laughs> but uh, yeah the loss today it's just I watched the like I woke up I live in America right so the first game is about 9am so I woke up this morning I watched the Everton game the Everton Manchester City game and it felt like at the I think it felt like at halftime that kind of confirmed that they were going to be Premier League champions, just the way that they played, just the way that they just did their job. They just did their job. They didn't even get out of – I don't even think they got out of second gear, right, in that game. So coming into our game, watching it today, just the energy, just the feeling around the team, the way they started the game, there was no – it wasn't us. It just wasn't us today, and I think – um, we have a lot to be proud about for, for um, as a club for the season, but today it just, it's just another, it's another hurdle, right? Life is a series of moments and it's just, that's just an, another hurdle that we didn't know today. Um,
1: and, and that's just kind of how you, I felt you, about you it. Too? No, I feel that, and you talked about Manchester City doing the job, and I think you're absolutely right. Look, Everton, you know they couldn't lay a finger, let alone a glove. I'd convince myself that Everton were going to do something today, get a point off them today, maybe. Maybe the Arsenal players, Arsenal camp, had maybe sort of almost thought the same as well. And of course, when it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and when City cruised to victory the way they did, I mean Gundogan's goal was incredible. That was And um, what, what his form in the last last few games has just been ridiculous. But that's the quality they've got, and that must that must have played on Arsenal players' minds. Would you put it down to to solely that the performance today, or do no, you just think we've run I, out of legs? No, I think that
6: I don't I don't necessarily put it down to to what Manchester City's doing, right? Like Uh, you can only really be concerned about what you do at the end of the day, right? You can only control the things that you can control after that. You have to let it go. So whatever city's doing over there, that's what they're doing. I really think that the boys today, they just didn't perform. They let the pressure get to them. Um, There are some excellent points being made by people on this call today. And that's, that's awesome. But I think one of the things that when they go to, when we get to the end of the season and they assess how the season went as a collective, there are, there are just a lot of crucial things that we are still missing as a team. Um, I agree with you, FK, as, as, in your point that we're going to be here, the top two, um, City and Arsenal, But there are a lot of things that we still have to do. Like we, we need to bridge the gap, that quality gap, right? We need to bridge that gap. That's the first and foremost, the most important thing. There are still lessons today. Even the substitutions today, all of them just felt wrong. Arteta gave up the midfield right away when he took off Jack and Jorginho. Partey hasn't been in form since probably February. We've just been getting away with it. And he gave up the midfield. We were losing that battle all second half. We need to increase the quality of the players that we have on our team. And we need to be able to have killers. Like, one of the things that over the season that that has been a – criticism for me in in any group chat that I'm in that we discuss Arsenal is that if we are leading a game we never finish the team four or five or six we did it like once or twice this season we did it against Nottingham Forest we did it against Palace and Leeds I think those are the only games we scored like four goals or something and Brighton away but we don't do that enough we need to go we like if we if we want to win the league and we want to win it convincingly. If you want to be the best team in England, you need to do it convincingly, like convincingly. Like City is peaking at the right time because they have two teams. That's fine. That's their business. But there's only two ways you're going to win this Premier League, this iteration of the Premier League. If you if you do, if you you have two teams like Manchester City, cool. You can sit KDB down when he's not playing well. But the fact that they sat him down wasn't because he was done. He just wasn't playing well. So they just sat him down for a few weeks, came back and the right time, and he came into the form because they have the, they have the players. Gundogan comes into the form. Gundogan hasn't been good for uh, the whole season, but he's coming to form at the right time. And I would argue, even if we wanted to have a conversation another day, that Gundogan is just a mid-level player in, an, in, a, in any other team because of Dortmund, he wasn't that great. He was good, but he wasn't great. He just looks really good in a really good team. But that's another conversation for another day. But if we want to win the league, we need to make sure the quality doesn't drop. We need to make sure that we finish teams off, that we make sure that when we go as, as, as champions or we're going to be champions, we earn the right. We earn the right. We win it by 15. We win it. We, we beat teams in the tunnel. And we don't do that on the days that are important. There are so many little examples of this of, in this season, in the previous. As much as we have to be proud about, we still have a lot to go and to grow if we want to challenge right if we want to challenge i watched the city real madrid game the other day and the the levels in the game the levels of class and the moments that kdb and vinny junior that them just taking the the game and and doing moments of magic we need to, to if we want to compete for the next 5 10 we need to add that killer quality to the team today's not really a day i'm not really upset i was i i've said we weren't gonna win the league after West Ham. We sold it there. He sold it there. It's fine. But it's just more of it's just more of a lesson learned today. Like, okay, listen, if we want to be at the highest level, consistency is key. And it's a lesson for the manager. He's young, he's learning. No, I, I'm not really worried about Manchester City. I now. I'm not a fan of them. I'm not worried about them. What they do is what they do. I'm just worried about us. What we need to do is we need to up the level. We need to up the level. If we want to win the league, let's win it convincingly. Let's earn the right to be there. Let's not say, oh, well, we, we could win this game and then lose this one and still, no, let's earn it. Let's earn it. So when every, Sav- every, every team that comes to play us should fear us. We should win the league Sav- like a, a fuck you, we won the league. We, we beat it handsomely. That's how we should do it. That's the... Sav- that I have.
2: yep. Yep. So, sorry to butt in, mate. I just want to pick up on something you said uh, yep. like about, well, thirty seconds a minute ago, right? Yep. Um... I completely agree with you. There's certain positions on the pitch. Look, we need to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wondering, like where you think that is? For me,
6: uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I can give you three. One might be controversial, but I'll give you. I'll give you three places that I think that we need to improve. Hey, I, think, I think really quickly, we need to. We need a goal scorer. We need a prolific scorer. It's cool that we share the goals around, but we need we need a killer. We need somebody that's on the front line. We put fear in people's hearts. That's one. I think we need an upgrade in our midfield. Um, just a, just a better enforcer in, in the midfield. Uh, more mobile, more reliable. The the best one of the best things you can be is available. And Thomas Party, yeah, he's been good this season. Unavailable sometimes and goes missing. Cool. The third one for me. This is going to be a little harsh. I'm sorry, and it could be. Just this little run-in, goalkeeper. I want a better goalkeeper.
2: Oh, mate, I've, I've, you was doing absolutely perfect.
6: Yeah, I know. I know. Do, I know. Do, I, know, do I don't
2: forgive you. Mate. sorry. I don't do me. No, I mean, the, 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 the first the first two, absolutely bang on. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We need, we need, we need a goal scorer up front. Do you know what I mean? You know, I, I said this at the beginning of the uh, space. I'm a traditionalist. I don't want my nine helping out with build-up play and getting assists. Do you know what I mean? I want my number nine banging it in the net, right? And completely agree with Party. I would keep Party for next year for sure. For but, sure, but, but we need we need to buy better than him. Do you know what I mean? We, we well, I mean, again, we need we need Rice uh, for Ramsdale to counteract what you said there. I think he's had a very, very good season. He has, yeah. uh, And he's performed very, very well in about 90 to 95% of the games, right? Uh, But when it comes to keepers, uh, traditionally, uh, they peak 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Yep, like David Seaman, for sure. Look like Seaman, uh, Lehman. uh, do you know what I mean? That that's that's their peak. So Ram, Ramsdale, who was t- only twenty five today, uh, with with his experience and the fact that, like I say, we are happy with him ninety to ninety five percent of the time. If next season that's ninety two to ninety seven, and the season after it's ninety three to you ninety know eight, I mean, and even Seaman weren't perfect. So, I mean, sure. Mad, Madge ends, mate. Call. For for sure. you know I mean, the only goalie ever. To have been suspended from playing, from touching up the other cards, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, in, the, in the Premier League. So, like I say, I mean, you know, you you're two, you're two for three. There was some very, very valid points.
6: Yeah, I just think that, and uh, and I'll, I'll, I'm hogging the mic, so I'll give it up in a moment. I just think that when we are in, we're in such a different iteration of the Premier League of the Barclays, right? We're in a different. It, it's a different league. This league, like this, is a, a completely different league. Barcelona won the league when this season. They won it. It's, it's May now. I think they probably knew they were going to win it in April or, or March. All the other leagues, they're processions. This one is kind of becoming a procession, but we try to make it interesting every year. And if we're going to continue to make it interesting, if we're going to continue to make it competitive, like I said, there's only two ways to win it. The goalkeeper point, I'll ask you, I'll ask anybody here, if you can remember, if, I know we're not Manchester City fans, but if you can remember this season, Edison selling the game for City, or even mattering if Edison made an error, if it ever became costly for them, if Edison errors ever became costly for them in the moments that it mattered. Ramsdale's had an amazing season. I'm not blaming him for, for this season. He's had an amazing... He's probably one of the players, if not the player of the season. There's an argument for that to be made. But when it matters to be the best, sometimes you have to be harsh in the criticism that you give. Sometimes you need to have that introspective, that, that reflection. And when it matters... How 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 old how old, how old how old is Edison? Ooh, that's a good question. Isn't he's not he's 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 still in his he's not in his peak yet. I don't think. I
2: think he's like twenty six. He's he, he's slap he's slap bang in the middle of yep. the peak uh, age for a keeper. Yeah. But I think, would, so,
7: not, I, I think that
4: would. I think that would also imply that Edison's the best, which he isn't. In the, I don't think Edison's the best goalkeeper in the league. I'm, I'm not. So I'm, I, I
6: never. Cla- I never made that basis. I never made the claim. Just. I just want. I just want you gents to remember. I never said Edison was the best. No, keeper. but I think.
4: I think the the fact that he he he's made multiple errors during his time at Man
6: City. It doesn't matter that. because
4: the re- the rest of them are
6: so good. And so my point, Wayne, so my point being that my point, you you guys are, we're all on the same page. I just want us to remember that we're all on the exact same page here. My point being is that I started earlier saying we need a killer up front, right? And we need a midfielder that's available, right? When we have those two things, we won't even focus on some of the things that Ramsdale does or did this season until we can talk about this season. It won't be a conversation just like it isn't a conversation. If Edison has made howlers in his time in the Premier League, it's not a conversation because the rest of the players are better, but in the pressure moment that it mattered this season for us as Arsenal fans, maybe the rest of the Premier League fans won't remember the Southampton three, three, but we'll, re- we'll always remember why, because 20 seconds in our goalkeeper gave them the ball and they scored. We'll always remember that. We have to live with that. I'm not saying that, that he gave, he gave away the title, but maybe to be a better team we need we just need quality he is quality and i could be wrong i could be in my emotions today i can reflect later and say you know what i was wrong in that that take i can I can be accountable there. Xavier, I've
1: got, really I got cool. to move on. Thank you so much for joining the call today. We will have plenty of shows, I'm sure, that we're going to talk about the rebuild. But, Xavier, excellent, excellent call. Thank you for joining tonight's post-match phone-in. I see Colleen has requested the mic. We will go to Colleen. But, Richard, you're up next. Thanks for waiting so patiently. Uh, Richard, welcome to the post-match phone-in. Arsenal have been beaten at home by three goals to nil. We are now virtually out of the title race, Rich. How are you feeling? Richard, if you want to mute yourself, so, so, sorry, guys. So, nice. can you hear me? Hey, Rich, how are you feeling yeah, today, buddy? I'm,
0: I'm feeling disappointed, but it, feel, it feels the end of the season now, um, which it probably isn't. Still have a couple of games to go, but I would just like to give a bit of credit to Mitoma today because I thought, <laughs> as an individual performance of the Emirates, that was one of the best individual performances by a, an away player I've seen for a, for a long while. Uh, I know we've had some great players coming to the Emirates, but he was just a different different gravy. Um, and you know, Rich, can I put the shoe on the
1: other foot? What did you make of Ben White's performance?
0: He, he looked tired. I mean, he, he's, he's had a long season and I think I was going to make a point that I think there were times early in the season where perhaps he could have been moved into the centre or he could have been left out and, and Tommy Esi played on the right. I think there was times we probably could have rested him more. Uh, but Ben White's been one of our best players this season. He just looked tired. I mean... Um, he wasn't overlapping with Saka as much as he normally is. Um, and it just, yeah, like I say, I think I mean, the, the time has really set in today. Um, we lacked, like Gav said, we lacked a centre-forward. Um, I think that's quite clear. We haven't got, you know, a 20-plus goal scorer and, and you have to break the bank to get one. Uh, and it's You know, it's not going to be easy, but um, I think, you know, Tony is the perfect fit, but are, are, are the club prepared to... To spend the money for him, um, and I don't know what sort of money they have to pay to get someone like him, but it's just not—it's not the sort of thing that Arsenal generally do, is it?
1: Yeah, it's not. I mean, look, we've got we've got many weeks and the whole summer to yeah. maybe sort of fantasize about who we might want at Arsenal. But in terms of this season, which you know you've been on the show many times this season, which I'm immensely grateful for, it's been an incredible season. So many memories, so many positives. And look, I'm just as guided as the next man. Listen, I'm taking pelters on my personal account tonight because I booked a holiday about a year ago with my missus. A family trip to Mauritius, which which we cancelled in the hope that there'd be a title parade. But you know, we win some, we lose some. Um, what are your sort of closing takeaways from this season? What what can you be positive about for next summer? Are you optimistic that we'll be back for a proper challenge next season?
0: Yeah, I think we've we've we found a real gem in Saliba this season. Um, I think he's been brilliant. Um, we've we finally got. We finally got a spine to the team. You know, Odegaard Odegaard stepped up as captain and we've got a captain there for for the next, you know, five years. Um, And it's been some great away games this year. Spurs away, you know, Newcastle away. Um, A lot of the London teams, we've done so well this season. Um, So, you know, I think it's been a memorable season. The fans have been back on side. The atmosphere at the Emirates has been the best it's been ever. Um, So, what
1: what can you knock about this season? It's been brilliant. It really has been brilliant. And, Rich, thanks so much for joining us as usual. Have a lovely end to your weekend, as difficult as it it might be after a defeat like that. Um, The fans have been fantastic this season. There has been a special, special atmosphere throughout the year. And next season, we shall be back. He's waving at me, so let's bring him in. Lewis, you've been waiting very patiently since the start of the show to have your say on the post-match phone in here on Latte Firm. Uh, I have to remind you, Lewis, but Arsenal have been beaten, and comfortably so, by Brighton today at home at the Emirates. How are you feeling, my friends? Oh,
8: I don't think this month could probably get any worse for me. Having, um, you know, I put a tweeted out this morning, the best day would be not revising for my GCSEs to start tomorrow and watching City get absolutely spanked by Toffees and Arsenal battering the Seagulls. However, only one of those things is certain, and that's how I've got GCSEs tomorrow.
1: Oh, Lewis, mate. I can't believe I've been giving you a stick about your homework all season and now it's actually crunch time for the exams. Oh. Uh, look, Lewis, I know you've got to be revising and stuff and, and and Dad's waiting to speak as well, so I don't want to get you in trouble. Um, what were your thoughts on today's game? I mean... It's disappointing, obviously. It's flat. Where do you think it went wrong? Do you think Arsenal bowled it? Do you think the men- mental pressure got to us? Do you think it was just seeing City beat be Everton so comfortably that ruined our day? Well,
8: I mean, the whole game we we just we, we were all for. I mean, the only person I actually thought was going to bring us any light was Rhys Nelson. And I thought he did brilliantly in doing that. And saying that, I think we should start against Forest 100%. Um, it's just draining because, you know, you've seen how good we can be this season. And then the times where it matters, and the times where you know our supporters are at the highest, and you know, for me, for for my generation, we haven't been in a title race like this, and obviously, Gav coming on all happy, you know, he's trying to put on some happy face, and it's because he's seen it all before. For us, not, we we ain't seen nothing like this before, so this is this is like a shock for all of us, and and now it's like it's hit us that you know we've just finished second in a two horse race. No worries. No
2: worries. No worries. Sorry, mate, you're... Obviously, you're 15, 16, yeah yeah?
8: yeah? yeah, Is this the best season you remember? Oh, 100%.
2: Is this... Are you watching a team since Arteta took over that's improving every season?
8: Um, well, that, I'm not saying that. I, I think this is... No, no,
2: no, no. I'm just... Asking, oh. I'm, just asking, I'm just sort of, like, trying to put things in perspective for your age, mate. Oh,
8: fine. Yeah, yeah 100%. This is the best. I mean... Yeah,
2: well, a million percent. I mean, obviously, you're watching the games, you're going the games, you're enjoying going with your dad and with your mates, right? Yeah. That is exactly how I was feeling from 85, 86. And then we got a bit better 86 and 7 and we won a cup. And then, I mean, 87, 88 was sort of like a steady, but we were still sort of up there. And then, boom, we won the league, which I never thought I would see, mate. So, Stick with it, and I know you will, anyway, mate. Because unfortunately, like us, uh, second, third, fourth generation gooners, you've got no fucking choice, mate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, you're stuck with the Arsenal for the rest of your life, for in sickness and in health, from better times and poor times. You're stuck, mate. Do you know what I mean, you you've got no escape ever. It's as simple as that, mate. So you will get to see it, mate. And I reckon next year. He's going to be the year. Next year we're going to do big things. If we have a good summer, next year we're going to do big things, mate. You know I mean, and you're going to have his biggest smile on your face.
8: We need to spend some big money in the summer as well, big time. Because I thought Ben White today was off it. I know, I know, like he's knack and all that, but it's just, it's just, you know, like you just said, like this is the best season I've seen in like my whole, my whole life. You know, I, I was, I think the, the the lowest point that I could say I've been as a supporter is. In a half-empty stadium at the Emirates when we lost in the Europa League, and that's the lowest. And I think this is definitely top the highest. And touch wood, shit, some wood, touch wood that um, you know, we'll do the same next year even better. Um, I can't stand City, man. I hate them. I'm sure sure
1: better years are to come, Lewis. Uh, Listen, before you go, mate, what's your first exam up tomorrow? Uh, I
8: got I got RS.
1: Religious, oh, right. sons. religious, mate. What, what better time to find the big man in the sky for some faith and <laughs> hope for hope for the best next season. Listen, Lewis. I wish you all the best with your forthcoming exams. Have a good few weeks, and of course, join us when you get a chance. But smash those exams, mate. And uh, you've got years of joy to come, I'm sure, with Arsenal.
8: Oh, thank you, mate. Take care, yeah, good,
1: good luck, Lewis, mate. All right,
8: do your uh... best.
2: I'm sure you smash it.
1: Oh, bless Lewis there. Um, uh, Wayne, you shared a, a tweet from James, uh, James Benge, our friend from CBS Sports. He's actually tweeted something today about um, Arsenal not bottling it. This is this is what he had to say. Uh, I can't say I see much convincing in the claim that Arsenal bottled it. If you really believe it, you have to convince yourself that this young team who finished fifth last year was comparable with the Premier League's great teams. Anything else? And there's no shame being caught by City. This is, of course, Manchester City's fifth Premier League title in six seasons. That is the juggernaut that we are going up against. And I remind you, we have the youngest and thinnest uh, squad in the league. So only better times to come, I think. Right, Kalin and Yembele have requested in the chat. I've got to be courteous to Nick and El Boogie, who've been waiting very, very patiently. Guna Nick, welcome to the show. What would you like to say? Arsenal have been humbled today by Brighton. Nick, if you're there, well, yeah. if you want to unmute well, yourself, you
9: hello, mate. What would you like to say? Um, i um, after the uh, kind of after the Everton game, kind of a little bit deflated before I went to the game today. I think I, I could feel it um, in the Emirates. I could feel the resignation of. Well, let's just let just let just not let's not put up a, it's a fight. Let's um, let's play our best. Let's see what we can do. Um, but let's be fair as well for Brighton. we fantastic. Let's not take anything. Let's not just say that we were completely off here. Brighton did actually make us look really ordinary, um, and I thought they were fantastic. As far as um, what was what's up with Ben White, I personally think, as Wayne touched at the start of the call, with us not rotating players, and he made the great point about Saka. Saka at the start of the season was tracking back and helping out Ben White. He hasn't got. He's completely. He's completely um, burnt out. He couldn't track back and support Ben White like he was doing at the start of the season. So Ben White, I think, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, I think Ben White was a little bit, um, you know, I think he was tired as well. I think a lot of the players, I think, mentally draining. You look at, um, I was talking to a few of the guys at the game, you look at the points tallies uh, before Pep Guardiola took over. The, 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 the figures that you have to beat to get to win that league, it's it's ridiculous. You have to like, be perfect every single game. And I'm not saying, I mean, if you look at, even if you look at our, not the invincible seasons, but the 2002 win, 98 win, people that can remember those times, we went on a few bad runs and then at you know, the right time we went on the right run. But we didn't finish on loads of points. We finished on enough points because we were the best team. But Man City have set that extra bar now if you don't get at least 90 points, and it's crazy to say that, if you don't get at least 90 points at the way Man City play, you're not going to win the league. And until he, excuse my language, until he hocks off Pep Guardiola, we ain't going to, I don't think anybody's going to be able to compete with him. And if you look at the, if you look at the bottom of the table, back in the day, it used to be like 40 points at least, and you're safe. You look at the moment, the standard at the bottom of the league, because of how well Man City have been, everybody else is picked off because of they've taken less points off of bottom teams as well, like the like Liverpool's and things like that. So they're further away. And you look at the bottom of the table, you only need like about 35 points to start the season. So there's a lot of things changed compared to how it used to be when it was... I mean, this has got to be, I think, what you said at the start as well. I think it was Wayne also said, if it wasn't for us, this league would have been over in, in uh, March... And I think I remember 2000,
2: 2001. It, 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 that, that was my... Oh, so
9: sorry, sorry It's good to have you back, by the way. Nice to see you back. Nice to see you back. <laughs> nice to see you back. Um, no, thank you, mate. I appreciate yourself. that. Um, Colleen did a fantastic job as well in your absence, but as well, it's good to have you back. Nah, no, 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 no. We're not having that. We're not having that. <laughs> um, before <laughs> before, before
4: um, we let you go, <laughs> just before we let you go, where, Nick, where do you think it was lost because obviously it's easy to say today was a bad day at the office. Yeah. But we've had a bad stretch of run... Yeah. A, a bad stretch of results during this this end of season yeah.
10: run. Where do
4: you think it was lost for you? Was it a case of it was lost today because it was the final straw? Was it a case of the Southampton game? Was it West Ham? Or even that, that result against Liverpool, I think any one of them could have been could have been pinpointed. Where was it lost for you?
9: For me... Looking back on it, at the time it wasn't, but looking back on it now, if I had time, which I have time to digest it, because I kind of was losing faith that, you know, Man City had to do a lot of things for us to do right to win. So now, so I've had time to digest it. I personally think, as well as they are a fantastic team, Liverpool at home, and it's not easy to go there, I think that the mentality of the team of losing that 2 0 lead obviously, then folded into the West Ham game. So, I think the Liverpool game was the turning point. It's still a good point to get a point at Liverpool. And, you know, Ramsdale made some incredible saves. We could have ended up losing the game. But I think the mentality of being 2-0 up, and then we went to West Ham, 2-0 up, and then we lost. And then, I think, those two games together, the mentality of the whole team just completely... Uh, yeah, just, they, they completely lost all their confidence. And... Um, as you can see, the Thomas party wasn't himself. I think he's played well for 30 games, but once again, back to what you said, Wayne, I think a lot of the players were overplayed too much. Saka didn't even get... I don't think Saka got substituted today, but a lot of the players were just played too much. And I think Arteta will look at himself and look back on the season. And one last thing, I think he'll just look at that and he'll say, that was... Um, looking back on it, maybe should I have rested that player there? Should I have not played him... Was it necessary to play him for 90 minutes? Do you know what I mean? Those kind of things. Hopefully, you learn some of those from next season.
4: Yeah, I'm sure you will. Thank
9: you very, very much, Nick.
4: Thank as you. always,
9: really, very cool. You. Thank you.
4: Um, Gav, Gav, what about you? Where was, I guess... Because I know, I think both you and I weren't on the same boat that FK was on. FK was kind of leading the captain of the ship that said we were going to win the title in, like, November or something like that. We were very much on the one game at a time, but where was it um, you thought, all right, well, maybe we're not going to be
2: doing it this season? Uh, well, I mean, I was sent a league table of after 27 games when we was uh, five points ahead of City. But, I mean, obviously, there was still, uh, the back end of the season has been loaded with uh, the, the nasty away games. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you think like, you know, we're away to City, we're away to Liverpool, we're away to Newcastle, uh, we're away to West Ham in uh, that sort of time period. Do you know what I mean? At, at the last 11 games, we're going away to three of the best home sides in the country uh, this season. Uh, that That's not particularly easy. And the fact that we come out of them three games with uh, four points... Uh, is 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 pretty remarkable to be fair. Uh but yeah, it, it was it's been the last nine games. There's there's been a drop off and there's been the injury to Saliba which has really, really not helped us. Uh that may just change slightly how we was playing. Because, uh, obviously Ben White's now got a cover for whoever it was uh, holding and then Kiara who come in at the right side centre back. And then recently, the last, uh, well, especially today, uh, we've got those who no whose form was dipping, at the same time as we was getting worked out. Uh, we had a couple of couple of games where Zinchenko was really, really getting exposed, and we was really getting exposed down that side. And unfortunately, uh, the top managers do their research. They have researchers that do their research. You know, it's once one team's clocked on a weak point uh, and it's noticeable, the next game, that the next team is going to try and expose that, that same weakness. Uh, today, we had to sort of set up slightly different as well with uh, Tierney. I did notice Tierney hugging the line a lot more than he's done in previous games, which has meant Saka come in. There was a very... A very sort of poignant point of the game, after about five minutes today, when Ramsdale's got the ball, and Jorginho and Shaka are sort of like they're trying to work out who should who should be dropping deep or who should be further forwards, and they're both yeah. sort of pointing at the, top of the space, and neither of them knew which one of them should have been in that space. Yeah. But if you think, if Shinzenko would have been on the pitch, that was his space. Mm. So. We, do you know, what I mean, it, it was a bit of a long and hardy moment. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was I mean, all—it was,
4: was, all was all a bit. It was all a bit um, at times, and I think, yeah. and to your, I think to your point on, on, I guess before before the World Cup, we were a little bit of an unknown, and I think you're right. A lot of coaches and a lot of teams picked on our weak points and managed to pinpoint it. And I think a lot of that came from the Newcastle game at home. And on the subject of weak points and weak spots. Um, I'm going to bring in Colleen because she's the latte firm weak uh, weak point here. Uh, Colleen, welcome in to the call. Um, You were a guest of the Emirates Stadium today. And you decided (laughs) not to tell anyone that you had a horrific record at the Emirates Stadium before taking the ticket. Um, And you're the reason we lost 3-0. So, first of all, thank you.
2: Yeah, you you got a lot of explaining to do gail do you know what I mean?
4: that's, that's worse um. than fk at old trafford you know so we're gonna give you the floor to explain yourself and tell us a little bit about your feelings or, or uh, after the game
11: <laughs> do you know what I, I can't even lie like i had a feeling in my stomach i was like i, I was saying to fK i couldn't eat before the game i was feeling really nervous i was like i just i don't see it going our way after the you know after seeing the way um. City dispatched of Everton, but you know, in all seriousness, I know. I, I mean, I missed the, the first part of the the dialing, um. So I'm not sure what like ev- everything that's been said, but you know, I I there's two sides of the coin. You know, I get you know we're a young team, and I get you know Man City are this you know juggernaut going for their six and seven, um, in the league, and they're going on for historic treble, but I can accept losing. I don't like to lose, but I can accept losing.
2: Um... I'll, 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 can I just stop you there? You've completely missed the part where you have to explain your record at the end of the stadium, <laughs> and it'll be very, very to, missed.
12: She's <laughs>
4: trying
2: to deflect
4: away from responsibility.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think you've got you've, you've got to come to <laughs> come through this stage unfortunately.
11: Listen, if I tell you the truth, you guys might actually block me.
2: <laughs>
11: <laughs> I, I promise you, you guys don't want to know the last time I Saw Arsenal win at Emirates Stadium. I promise you. So let me not even give you the heartache. So you, you mentioned,
4: you said, you said just before that you you missed sort of the earlier earlier part of the 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 phone in, and a lot of it mm. that we were speaking about was around the atmosphere. And FK said he was really deflated at the fact that mm. Manchester City won so comfortably mm. against Everton because mm. he thought that Everton were going to pick up a draw or something. I think it's one of your mm. first times at the Emirates this season for, for a home game. What was your thought? Because the atmosphere this season has been fantastic. Do you think it felt a little bit flat? Do you think people felt a little bit demoralised? How was it for you as um, an experience? And, and did that kind of, kind of carry over to the players? Because I got the opinion that the, the players, their performance, it kind of come across as the same, that they maybe were very deflated at the, the ease that Manchester City won.
11: I mean, listen. I don't think it was, you know, completely rocking as we've seen it at its peak this season. And I was, I, I was feeling a bit de- deflated. I even tweeted. I was like, "Bruh, that." I, you know, I just felt a bit, you know, because I think everyone was looking at Everton being, you know, going to Goodison Park. You know, could be a tricky one. It ended up not being the case. But, um, over, I wouldn't say like overall the atmosphere was like completely flat or anything. Um, I think the first five ten minutes i think once the boys came out i think everyone kind of got got into it um but you know you know how it is with with crowds you know you kind of feed off the energy as well what you're of what you're seeing and it's a bit of a give and take isn't it you know you try and be a, a 12th man but also you have to go with what you can work with as well and um there wasn't much to work with um if we're being completely honest so you know, fans are gonna feel how how they're gonna feel, but I wouldn't say. You know, I was at the, I've been at the Emirates during the during the Emery era, so it has felt much flatter. It has felt
4: much more <laughs> yeah, more flat. Let like me tell that. you
11: that. Let me tell Not you that for like sure.
4: That. Um, you've been on you've been on the bus to say that we were gonna win the league all season. Mathematically, mm-hmm. it's still possible. Are you still on that bus <laughs> or have you jumped off?
11: No, no, no. Um, it's done. Uh, City so aren't gonna lose three on the trot. Uh, if they did you know, that would also require us (laughs) winning our remaining games. And unfortunately, as much as I love this squad and that's why I say it's a bit of a two-sided, two-sided like coin and double-edged sword a little bit when analysing Arsenal's season because it's like, you know, no one, you know, it's like no one expected this and all, you know, they're a young squad, blah, 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 which is also all well and good. and And it's good. It's good. We're on a good trajectory, but that doesn't change the context of the fact that we were top of the league for almost 248, 250 odd days. And then when we come into a run-in, we've kind of reverted back to the Arsenal of like, you know, I know there's different contexts, but you know, Arsenal of 07, 08, like those kind of Arsenals who did kind of challenge. And then once you got into a March period, you just start to, to wither away. And we just got to be real with ourselves. The last seven, seven or so results overall, just haven't been good enough to be in a, in a title race. And you've had Erdegaard come out after the game saying, you know, he doesn't think it's a mentality thing. He's not sure what it is. Well, it, it is. It has to be a mentality thing. I, I'm not, you know, I don't care if Saliba's been um been out, um, and I don't care if you know there's no Zinchenko and there's Tierney in today. Like I said before, there's a way you can lose. I'm not justifying losing ever. I'm never gonna accept losing, but we all know it's part of the game. It can happen. I can accept losing when I know that we've put our best foot forward and you're like, do you know what? We were just completely outclassed and we were at the top of our level. That's not been the case today, and it's not been the case in a lot of the last seven games, and that's what hurts the most. It's okay, it's you know, it's like when we lost to Man City at home. It's like, okay, we had a Tommy Yasu mistake, but overall we were really putting our best foot forward with what we had. And I don't feel like with the group of players that we had at our disposal in the last seven or so games, which you mind of like the Newcastle and the Chelsea game, that they collectively gave their best performance to put their best foot forward, and that's what hurts the most, because I can accept losing the title, I can accept losing a game, but not in this mm. way. I, yeah. Today was a disgrace,
4: to be honest with you, it was a disgrace. I agree with you. Thanks very much for calling in, Kaline. Well, actually, before you go, FK, if you're <laughs> back, now is your opportunity to give your pelters, because kaline has been giving you a hard time all season. I know FK might have just had to... Yes, you. I know FK just might have <laughs> to step away for a little bit, but um, if he, if he's here... Give it back to Colleen because you saw the stat that say? she tweeted out about herself at the Emirates <laughs> she was at the game today. So, FK, now is your chance to pay her
1: back. Hey, listen, I've, I've just caught the end of that. Sorry, I had to disappear, folks, just to check on the kids, make sure they're still asleep. Um, I, ca- I can't say anything bad to Colleen, man. She, was, she you. Her company was, was much appreciated today. We had a fine lunch together. We strolled towards the stadium and it didn't work out. And listen... Colleen has been optimistic and confident and so passionate about Arsenal since day dot, since the opening night of the season. She thought we'd win the league and I got carried away with that as well. Uh, I, I can't be upset with Colleen And listen, Colleen, all I hope is that you bring the energy again next season because it's going to be a great season, I'm sure of it.
11: Yeah, Um, I just won't tell you when I'm going to Emirates Stadium next time. I'll Yeah, uh, just just keep keep, keep it on the lowdown. And
1: I won't (laughs) tell anyone that I'm going to Manchester either. Two peas in the pod. Uh, Colleen, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate that. Thanks so much for all of your effort as well throughout the season to support the YouTube channel and, of course, the podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, this is, of course, the post-match phone-in on Latte Firm. Do drop Latte Firm a follow. It's the only place you can get these post-match phone-ins uh, that are Arsenal-related on a match day. Uh, what a great show, despite how bad everybody's feeling. We've been going just over the hour, Mark. And to bring us all down, let's bring in Yembele, Mr. Positivity. Uh, Yem, welcome to the show. Um, we drove home together. We had time to dissect it. You're in a bad mood. I'm in a bad mood. How are you feeling now, big boy?
12: I'm still pretty deflated. I mean, I can't lie. It's It, it was just a nothing performance today. There wasn't really any positive... I'd love to say there was a positive there was something positive about it, but there really wasn't. Um, I thought the ref was abysmal. But it the worst thing is is that we you know, as as everyone has said on the call and everyone knows, we have just fizzled out at the wrong time and you know, we, we gave the hundred percent right at the start and we pushed really hard and we got ourselves up to first, but when it came to the crunch, unfortunately we've just failed the test this year. That's just the reality. We have as everyone, as everyone has said on the call, very eloquently, we are the youngest and the thinnest squad in the league. We have to improve in the in the postseason. You know, get the transfers right because, especially today, I thought the midfield was terrible, and that's maybe as well with Arteta in that You know, we had to rotate players out, and you had you didn't have a a light for light Zinchenko replacement. But that shouldn't be the be all and end all that the system is so rigid. That you can't accommodate changes and it seems like we can't because as soon as we make a change players seem to not be able to adjust you know to some of their point you know Xhaka and Zorginho couldn't adjust today so it's it's clear that next year or whatever you know whatever changes we make to the squad we have to get some flexibility because you're not going to get a like for like that's just impossible who else is going to replicate what Zinchenko does outside of for example Kamavinga Kick.
1: Can I just ask, on, on on the sort of additions required, Gav, Gav spoke at, at length at the start of the show for anybody tuning in in terms of his wish list. For me, I think it's clear in this game and, and two or three others that we just lack that physical presence, dynamism, athleticism in midfield. I love Xhaka. I do like what Jorginho brings in terms of experience and guile and sort of in-game know-how. Thomas Party has been asleep for now a couple of months and... Just doesn't seem to be at the races, and whether it's going to be Declan Rice or Moises Caicedo, maybe even uh, Lavia from Southampton, one or two other players, I'm sure that we've not even heard of that are being linked with us. I just feel we need that that physicality. Yeah, you know, I I feel that we need to. You know, when we went up to the Etihad and played City in the league, our players were bouncing off the City players. We, We looked like Scrappy Doo trying to take on the villain every time. They are Manchester City are a physically robust, strong intimidating team from shit houses like Rodri, the four centre-backs along the back, even De Bruyne, you know, he gets himself out and about Haaland, the, the, the robot that he is up front. Now, Gabriel Jesus, we know, he's a street fighter. Saliba can handle himself, Gabriel can handle himself, but when you think about our midfield, maybe even the full-backs, we just need to add a bit of strength. Would you think, Would you know, would you agree with that, or do you think I'm chatting shit? Like, where would you like to see Arteta add, add quality? No, to I have
12: to agree 100% Wise, I think the lack of Strength and dynamism in that midfield when party has been off form is is probably the biggest drop-off. It certainly was today because for all of Jorginho and Jacka's experience and guile, etc., they were simply, at, uh, you know, athletically beaten today. That's the fact. They were outworked. They were out-hassled, out-harried and, you know, tired legs. You could see it was tired legs. You know, the fact is they are not young people and, and Jorginho was never, ever going to be that athletic player. We all knew that. But we needed that kind of influence today, and you need that kind of influence in those kind of games to really drive, you know, hassle the midfield. Brighton had too much time to stroke it around, get their midfielders arranged. The press was too easy. We couldn't, you know, break it out. And and once you've, you know, once you press players who are tired and cannot move when they 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 get, you know, fought out of the pass, then what do you do? You have to use your athletic ability, which these players don't have outside of party, and party is so his form's dropped off for whatever reason, and I can't explain, maybe it is tiredness, but I agree 100% that we need more dynamism. I look at Caicedo today. He was an absolute monster, even at right back. He was athletic. He was pacey. He was snapping into tackles. You know, those kind of things really do set the tone for your game. And when your tone with your current midfielders, all due respect is, you know, pass it around, stroke it around and try it out. You know, try to outpass the midfield, which is a very physically and technically capable midfield in that in Brighton. It it didn't work today, and we clearly need upgrades there. The problem is, is is that we're we're pinning our hopes on a Declan right. If that doesn't happen, and we go to our second choice, Caicedo. If that doesn't happen, what are we going to do? It, it's really, it's a really, it, it's probably the biggest problem in our squad. We've got a lot of areas to fill, but that midfield has to be done early would you agree phoebe
1: yeah i think so and i think i don't think the club can afford to to fall back on a, on such a substitute so for example mudrick in the summer in, in january sorry we were after and then we settled on 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 trossard uh, likewise to bring in Jorginho as a sort of you know uh, plaster to, to to cover a deep wound i think we need to go hard we need to go big in the summer get the personnel that we want first choice second choice would be rice caicedo if we can get both that makes a dramatic change to that first eleven, And then all of a sudden, you've got a much physically stronger, technically better team to go to the likes of City and try and impose and control the game. Um, Yem, yeah, I really appreciate you joining the post-match space today. Thank you so much for your call. I think Wayne's just dropped off very temporarily. But while we try and get Wayne back into the game, I do see Mushy P, I do see El Boogie, Andy, Ed. We're going to hear from the gaffer. Um, this is what Mikel Arteta had to say after the game. Courtesy of uh, BBC Sport.
9: Michael, firstly, the game. When you're chasing a game,
13: Brighton are very difficult to chase against. Yeah, we knew that, and we discussed that. So it was really important to start um, to start well. And uh, the first was very competitive. It was a lot of interruptions. Uh, we were, again, they were really high on the pitch in many occasions, and and we should have capitalised much better than we have done. Uh, they break twice, I think, in the whole first half. And in the second half, it was about keeping doing that, make a few adjustments, and be much more composed in ball possession, especially after regaining the ball. Um, and then, very early after, I think, seven minutes, we concede the goal. Um, and after that, yeah, that's the game that, that they want. And, and we tried to react. We had a few moments, we gave a very silly goal away. Obviously, that caused you the tunnel, and after that, the team had uh, no answers.
9: You've been scoring a lot of goals of course, especially here. I mean, it's a bad time to run out of goals or you know, not find the finish in the first half when the opportunities were
13: there. Yes, but um, it's what happened and we knew the challenge that we had today. There was very difficult very different to the one that we had at Newcastle. And a week ago I was standing here and I'm feeling very proud of of the team and, and what we did. And and today we have to apologize. We have to apologize to our people. Look in the mirror and um, digest, first of all, individually, what we've done today and, um, and move on very quickly because obviously we don't want to keep that feeling for, for a long time. Obviously, you've
9: been part of that Manchester City operation. You know as well as anybody that that's it, isn't it? Really, Manchester City aren't going to lose it from here.
13: I have no idea about today. I have to think about what we should have done better and what we're going to do much better um, to beat Forest, that's for sure.
9: It has been a remarkable season if you at some point in the summer I'm sure you will take some time to look back and reflect upon just how far you've
13: come this season and you ought to be really proud yeah difficult to see that picture today as well but um, when a team shows uh, the face that we showed in the second half as well it's things that we have to address uh, because at this level it's just you get punished by any team in this league and if you go to the Champions League and you do that you know what is going to happen so um, yeah a difficult one today
1: Well, a difficult one today indeed it was, but Mikel Arteta saying that we need to apologise to our fans. Um, I wasn't expecting him to say that. I feel sad that he sort of said that because I just think the pressure, the occasion sort of got to them. I think the fact that Manchester City brushed away Everton so comfortably in the morning. You know, me as a fan, as a match-going fan, going to the ground with the expectation of wanting Everton so desperately to, to get something from City... My motivation, my morale, my hope had basically been sapped in an instant. As soon as the full-time whistle went, I was so low, so deflated, so sad that I kind of carried that into the ground as a fan. And if I can't be up for it to watch a team that's been so magnificent throughout the entire season, then you kind of think, well, the players are human beings as well. They're relatively young human beings. They've never been in this situation before. They've seen Manchester City not even get out of first or second gear and comfortably brush aside Everton. That that would have played on their minds. So you know, Mikel, Yeah, you know, we do have to look in the mirror. Not so sure about having to apologise to the fans. I think the Arsenal team have been magnificent this season, um, but of course, Mikel is hurt in the aftermath. There, Wayne. Any immediate thoughts on the gaffer's words there, courtesy of the BBC? No,
4: I think he just kind of, kind of sounds like and is thinking what the majority of the the fan base are really thinking at this this current moment in time. I think the the thing is like. I think the majority of us could handle the fact that we might lose the title to City. Like, losing the title to City isn't the big deal. Like, that's not the issue. We all wanted to win it. We all would have loved to win it, but we knew just how strong Man City could have finished the season. And even today in isolation, like, losing the game today, Brighton were fantastic. We spoke about how bad we were. And we were awful today. But Brighton were fantastic. I think that's the best the best we've seen a team at the Emirates for quite a while like that was the best performance from an away team that i can remember in a very long time and i think all credit to them goes for today's result but i just think that the way we've ended the season is what's kind of demoralized us at this particular moment but i don't think it takes away from the fact that this is a young team who were projected to finish maybe at best fourth and that was only by some media and even some of our own fan base And We've had a good season nonetheless. It's disappointing not to see it out to win the title because we had a brilliant, brilliant opportunity. But I don't buy into this whole mentality of some Arsenal fans that this is going to be the only opportunity we have because we'll grow, we'll get better. If everyone else is going to get better, we're also going to get better ourselves and and we'll go again. And I agree with you that hopefully for the next couple of seasons, it's going to be us first Man City for, for the foreseeable future and We'll only get better, and I'm sure at some stage or another, once we grow and once we've been in this title situation a few more times, we won't crumble like we have done in a couple of games towards the end of the season.
1: It makes me so sad just thinking about how we've crumbled in the last two or three weeks. Really, really sad, but hopefully we will be back and we'll be back stronger next season. Right, let's go to Mushy P. Mushy P, welcome to the post-match phone-in on Latte Firm. Um, Arsenal have been beaten by Brighton today at home
3: by three goals. Sunil, what would you like to say? Thank you for having me on, firstly. Um, and it's been a really good discussion this evening. Uh, I think one thing I wanted to just say, I think it was at, um, after the West Ham draw when I spoke on the, on the Latte Firm um, Twitter space, was this is starting to remind me of the 2002-2003 season a lot. Uh, if you remember then in February, I think Man United lost the Carling, it the Carling Cup, then maybe the League Cup final against Liverpool. And that's we won that Premier League game that, um, that weekend. We were eight points ahead of them, they had a game in hand, and that was very similar to what we had with City this season. And then slowly but surely, Manchester United caught up with us. And then we had that game in Bolton where we, I think we went two them up comfortably. Yeah, and then, two, and two. then Martin Martin Keown's own goal, and that reminded me of that West Ham game. Just to remind me, cause we were in, we were dominating Bolton in that game. We were dominating West Ham, and we just let them slowly slip back into the game. And then after that, we just lost our momentum for the rest of the season. And this lead, and remember we played Leeds at home, and we lost three two. That great of role at the end, which saved Leeds, and that reminds me today because Leeds were so good. And Leeds were like almost, you know, facing relegation. They outplayed us in that game at Highbury. And today, Brighton did exactly the same. Obviously, they weren't facing relegation, but it has real hallmarks of 2002-2003. 2000 and that season still hurts for me because it's one thing that that Monsieur Wenger missed um, during his tenure was to defend the Premier League title successfully. Um, so that, it really gave me hallmarks in
13: 2003.
3: Oh, mate, Mushy P. It brings back
1: horrific sort of memories of that. But can I ask you a slightly weird question? Sure. Um, knowing that we've slipped up and, and we slipped up in the games against West Ham, Southampton, mm-hmm. you know, Liverpool to, to, to concede yeah. three minutes before time. Is there some sort of weird encouragement that you can take from that, knowing that actually we've undone a lot of the work ourselves this season? Like Manchester City have been fantastic, but yeah. if we iron out one or two of those moments by having a bigger, better squad, maybe more options so that Mikel can read in-game situations and make the appropriate change better
3: next season, that actually we could be better next season. Oh, absolutely! Absolutely, we've got the thinnest squad. You know, Mick Hardest has made the least changes of any manager in the Premier League after that. I think it's Eddie Howe. So, but if we look about the Invin and I was thinking about this actually earlier. If we look about the Invincibles, the actual you know Layman, Lauren, you know all the uh, Lauren to Henri, you know the the typical first eleven, they barely played. They they only played like a handful of games because. Fenger used to rotate, there'd be injuries. But then what we'd bring in, and if Gilberto Vieira was injured, you had Edu. If you had, or, or if Lombo was injured, you had Parler. If Lawrence ended, you swap Torre into right-back. You know, there was an emerging Gal Clichy. Sylvan Wiltor, they boosted with Jose Antonio Reyes in January. Canu could do a job if Bergkamp couldn't go on those away games in Europe. You know, they hit some out 5-1. Canu and Seagan played in defence. You know, there was this, there was a squad of players that, Arsene had at his disposal, and Campbell always used to say, "It's not your to win the league. It's not about your first eleven. It's about your first sixteen. It's about who you have on the bench as well to come on, or if you know if there are injuries." And I believe that you know, as Nick uh, Gunnar Nick said earlier, you know, playing Saka into the ground, like, he looks. Burn. He and even Trossard, even though he's only played join in January, his passing today was poor. Zinchenko's form had dropped. It's because you'll just keep, continue playing the same players again and again, because he he doesn't have that squad at his disposal, like City have. City played an FA Cup semi-final against Sheffield United. Marez scores a hat-trick. Next Premier League game. Marez is on the bench. That would never happen at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal. If he scores a hat trick in the in a semi final. He plays the next game. <laughs> that, yeah. Right? And, and that's, that's the thing. But, but I will end up, like you said, we do, you know, the Ascun and Nick, and I get to point out, I agree with Nick, as as the general election 2010 used to say, Gordon Brown used to say, um, that um, the Liverpool game for me was the point when, Zin, when Trent passed. Went, flew past Zinchenko and chipped it in and for Bobby Firmino to score because, you know, w- you know, if you look at the 98 and 2000, sorry, not 98, 2002, 2004 winning teams, we went to Anfield in 2002 with 10 men and still won. In 2004, we won 2 1 with a Perez beauty. You've got to go to those games and you've got to win. When you're 2 0 up at Anfield and you've sucked out the atmosphere of Anfield, it was like you can hear a pin drop. You go for the juggler and go for three and then win the game comfortably. And from there is when we just slowly peered it off. But nevertheless, you've got to back the Arsenal. You've got to back our, the, the board has to back Arteta in the summer. We've got Champions League revenue. We can't have this squad in the Champions League. We're going to go out the, straight away in the group stages. Back Arteta, buy the players, put the money up, and we'll definitely be stronger next season.
1: I hear you, Mushy P. Thank you so much for joining today's post match space. Really love that. Before we go to our uh, our next couple of callers, as we reach the home straight of the show, a couple of quick tweets on the message board. Leeds Gunner One, who uh, is at Leeds Gunner One, says, "I'm disappointed, like everyone else, but I refuse to overreact and hammer the team. We've made so much progress. Let's not lose sight of that. We are on the up, and the sky is the limit for Arsenal Football Club. Onwards and upwards." A rallying call there from Leeds Gunner. Uh, Mike, my Mister Creme Brulee, who is at RM. Uh, I K E H 10 says it's those draws that have done it. Saints at home uh, and away West Ham away. We can't not look back at those games. Well, Mike Southampton have been relegated. Maybe next season we'll be gifted with some more points. He thought Brighton were very good today hurting on the train home. Big lesson for this group of players. Mike, have a safe journey home. Uh, Carberry Guna, who is at Carberry Guna, says, not going to lie, I'm withdrawn today. I think this game has sealed it for us. We just didn't get back into the game to even hope for a point. Silly passing around at the back when Ramsdale should have booted it up the pitch in the closing 20 minutes of the game. Frustrating as we couldn't come back. Uh, Really appreciate that as well. Ian, who is Lil Cool Tingis, uh, says, I'm really, really frustrated about us bottling this league, but I must say that the bottling started from the moment Saka lost the penalty against West Ham. Presumably, you mean missed, Ian, but thank you for that chat. Really appreciate it. Um, can you say that? Hundreds again, of you have tuned in. You are. You oh, mate. Honestly, I've, I've absolutely butchered it. Right, Ian, here's. <laughs> yeah, he's such a cock. Uh, at Lil Cool i is... <laughs> tell you what, it's, it's, it's almost as bad as Gav trying to pronounce <laughs> Um Right, right. Let's move on to El Boogie who's requested since the very start of the show. I will go to Andy. I see Sun Dev and Ed as well. Sam has just requested the mic. Let's try and power through as many calls as we can next sort of 15 to 20. Right, let's bring in El Boogie. El Boogie from the US of A. Arsenal have been humbled today at home against Brighton. How are you feeling, big man?
10: Um. Hi, FK. Hi, Gare. Welcome back, uh... I'm uh, yeah, hi Wayne. I wasn't really, uh, uh, absolutely, I wasn't really surprised, FK. Okay? And um, so I say that to me. I, I like to talk about just a, few, a couple of things because I've been listening uh, to what everybody's had to say, but it I had to say a whole lot. So Mikhail really doesn't trust certain players that he's got and trying to figure out. So we was not going to have uh, Zinchenko for this game. So he tried to. Tweet and uh try to play something else today. It absolutely was a mess. JoJo um, and Zach, yeah, as a granite weren't on the same page. So that just goes to show you that the way we, we we've all felt very good this season with the way we play. So it wasn't just we were challenging; it was also the way we played, the way we controlled games. It was all about control. Before now we weren't really upset about control. Mikel has come from Pep, Man City, and it's all about control. When you do not have that control, it's a mess. And today, it was a mess, because Zinchenko was not around. Um, something else I also like to talk about is next season. So next season,
1: he... El Boogie, just before you go into next season, you you can't just put it down to Sinch I mean, I'm not saying that you have, but... Sinchenko not being in the team doesn't mean that the rest of the team picked today can't control a game against Brighton. I mean, yes, Sinchenko is a big miss, but we've got proven international players on that pitch and the performance was just lacking in pretty much everything today.
10: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I And I do hear your argument and I do completely um, respect uh, that. Also, also, um, we lost uh, Gabi uh, very early on I. I really think that really um, also affected our, our, our ball out because what I saw was um, my, uh, the captain, Odegaard, was always dropping to to get the ball from Ramsdale. And then that was supposed to be what they were trying to figure out between Giorgio and Granite and who was going to drop. So we were clearly trying to do something different so because he wanted Teddy to be on the wings and then mitura was started out on the right and then it moved to the left it's just a whole lot and something else I'll, i do hear you fk so i do not want to criticize Mikel because i'm not i don't want to focus totally completely on just this game because i will over the season, I've always said we need to stay humble. I need, I've i always said we need to be calm. We could dream, but we need to stay calm. We need to stay humble. So my reasons are, or my reasons back then, looking back in hindsight now, and looking now, still looking now, is because I, I could see that beyond setting probably 14, 15 players in the squad, he really didn't trust a whole lot of them. So at the back end now, he's learned that all right, it looks like I need to rest certain of this certain players. It looks like they're tired or they I'm overworking them, so let me give other players. But if you really, really, really analyze the season, Mikel really doesn't trust a whole lot of this players that he's got in this squad. So what he's been trying to do recently is try to make sure that I try to, so the last game we saw Vieira, Vieira messed up against Adams. Vieira is nowhere to be found any longer. So what? Mikel has learned. He's figured out, oh, wow, this guy let me down. I can't trust him. He dropped in totally. So that's my point. So looking um, looking into next season, yeah, FK and everybody listening. So this season, Mikel has he brought in Jesus, brought in Zinchenko, and then we have somebody coming to the middle. Who says he can't try it out from the right? Pep had to go to another level to compete with Mikel and Arsenal this season. John Stone's moving into the middle. So who says next season we can't totally... Because all the very, very good managers at the top, and Mikel knows that this guy, Zerbi, has beaten him now twice or three times this season. So he's looking at it like, this guy has gotten the better of me, but I haven't been able to play my best team. So next season, who says then why we'll probably not go back into the middle then we get right back or we get a, a, the right back moving to the middle rather than Zinchenko coming into the middle so he needs to figure it out I trust Mikel from what I've seen this season that he's not a lot of teams have walked us out towards the end of the season because one team walked us out so everybody started trying it, trying it so for next season I really believe that he will look at himself take a break Probably go to Miami, go go to Vegas, go wherever, take a break, figure out what he needs to do. All right, so I need, because you need to be dynamic. You need to change. You need to evolve. You can't just be stagnant because everybody's going to catch up. So next season, who says we're still going to see what we're seeing this season? Pep Pep had to change it. Everybody keeps saying, oh, no, such and such. Next season, I expect to probably see something different because the way he really wants to play is to have certain players that he could trust. He's going to do a post-mortem of this season and analyze every single thing. And Mikhail, from watching All of Nothing, he's really hard on himself. He self-criticizes himself. He's self-motivated. So what that tells me is he's not going to be stagnant. The narrative out there now is, this is the best chance our films go. We're not going to compete next season. I'm just sitting down laughing at all of them. Because guess what? They're going to look like Gary. they look like Idiots next season because guess what we're not we're gonna be in the Champions League. Mikel is also a young manager, letting he's dealing with young kids. Young, he says he's constantly thinking how can I um, um, get my point across to this young group. So he's also gonna grow. Life is all about growth. It's massively disappointing. Don't get me wrong, but my season was already over. I, I knew he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna win the title, but I was just. The whole time, just a few games ago, I knew that was not going to happen. But I have my trust in Adrian McHale to say, next season, he is going to evolve. He is going to change. And for him to get to that next level, FK, he needs to be ruthless. There's certain players that he cannot trust. He does not trust. It's, the, it's still part of the rebuild. The rebuild is still part of the process, the, the project, whatever you want to call it. But next season he's going to evolve, he's going to be better and we've got to see something uh, different, absolutely
1: I think so, I think so LB I think uh, Mikel's got some tasks on his hands in the summer, I hope he doesn't disrupt too much because I think we're so close it's just about depth it's just about first team quality that we can add, um, we've been going for just over, just about an hour and a half now so final couple of calls, let's go to Andy who's been waiting very patiently, Andy welcome to the post-match, in on Latte Firm what would you like to say mate?
2: Andy, come you there? On. Come on, mate. You know what to do. Bottom left hand button. He's already no, I, on, think it's, on... um, I
1: think he's connecting on my side, so I'm
4: not sure if it's an internet issue.
1: Okay, Andy, I did try it. We will come back to you if you can. Ed, let's go to you. Ed, welcome to the post-match. Phone-in on Latte Phone. What would you like to say about today's result, Ed?
7: Yeah, I, yeah.
1: Um, sort of like what other callers have said. Uh, I'm not actually
14: that... Gutted with the results. I sort of ripped the season off away at um, West Ham when we drew. I thought it was sort of done then. But I just I was just watching the game today more objectively, trying to figure out sort of what we can do going forward for next season to improve. And I really do think it's sort of been a domino effect. Uh, the Saliba injury. I feel like um, our build-up play from the back has suffered so much that we have sort of tried to chop and change. Like we first, we brought in Rob Holding, just, you know, the supposed tried and tested. That didn't work. So now we've brought in Kibior, two left-footed centre-backs. It's kind of, it's kind of muddled with it and it doesn't look as natural, that ball into Partey that we had so easily at the start of the season. It would go Ramsdale to a centre-back and then fizzed into Partey, who would get on the half-turn and then Odegaard, who's dropping so, so deep now to get the ball. Odegaard was almost standing in the 10 position waiting for the ball to get to him. And nine times out of 10 usually would. I think that domino effect has really shown how our squad depth is just not where it needs to be. And sort of similar to Brighton, I feel like in the market, there's so, so many players that are technically elegant, you know, superb technically on the ball. And that's the kind of players we need to be signing. Because if we want this stylistic approach where all of our players can play half turns, you know, any angled passes with both feet, sort of like City do, then we need to completely stack the squad with players like that. And I feel like we've got 11, maybe 12, 13 of them. But I I feel like, you know, you bring in the Vieiras, you bring in the, the other players like that. They're just, they're not up to it. So we can't stylistically change game to game, which I think is our main problem now. You, see, you bring in Tierney for Zinchenko and all of a sudden we can't pass out the back, you know. Which is no slight on Tierney, it's just it's not the kind of player he is. I'm sure he'll go to Newcastle the next season and he'll smash it like Trippier because that's his style of play. But if we need a left back who can invert and it'd be technically sound, we need a right back who can do the same. We need, you know, Rice, Caicedo. We need players like that that fit the mould with the quality that we need.
1: I think. Really appreciate that, Ad. I think there's a there's a big build, I don't want to say rebuild, because we're almost there. There's only a few tweaks that Mikel has to make to this squad to really push City in and maybe get over the line next season. Ed, thank you so much for joining the post-match phone-in today on Latte Firm. Uh, Sandev, you've been waiting. Sandev, welcome to the show. Um, Sandev, what are your thoughts on today's defeat? It's its pain, deep, deep pain for me, Sandev. How are you feeling? Sandy, have you got to unmute yourself? Sorry,
15: my service is a little terrible, so it takes me a minute just to catch up. Um, I, I might have missed the question,
1: FK, if you don't mind repeating it. Sorry. I, literally just saying that today's caused me deep, deep pain. Uh, how are you feeling?
15: I think the same as everybody. I, I think it's not anger for me. I think it's just disappointment, um, kind of mixed with a whole lot of pride um, because going into this season, at no point did I ever assume or think would be challenging for the title which I know sounds great after the fact but the fact that they the boys that is let us dream the fact that Arteta let us dream that we would be fighting for a title considering it's been a while I want to say what 07-08 maybe you want to say 15-16 was the last time we did it Like this is the, the first time in a very very long time that we was going week to week and we were actually looking at like Man City results I don't remember the last time I even gave it a shit about what Man City were doing because we were just never on that level. So the fact that we were looking at the results shows me like kind of where we are. But that doesn't take away, like, yeah, the, the massive disappointment um, of, of I like I think a few callers have said it now. Not specifically today. I think the West Ham and the Southampton game for me or the big ones. The Southampton game was actually a funny one. Um, it was the day so my son was born a couple of days before. Friday was the day we were coming back from the hospital, and I thought, okay, I've got a few, I've got a couple of hours, I can start watching the game, and just as the nurse came in to release us, um, South Ramsdale did what Ramsdale did, and, and Southampton scored, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to focus on getting my baby home, and I think that, that was at that point was when I kind of knew that the season was more or less, or the title charges actually was more or less done. So today for me wasn't as disappointing. I think what was disappointing was just the way the boys just didn't show up for me personally, um, which is still not great, but I I get it. Like You saw the Everton game against Man City, kind of hoping for something, and I think they went into that game just a little bit deflated for me, and, and I think it showed.
1: Yeah, I think it showed. Yeah, listen, congratulations, Sundev, on, on your new arrival, a baby boy being born a couple of days before the Southampton Howler. Thank you for joining the space. Got to keep the call short. We're going to end now with our final caller, Andy. Let's bring him back into the chat. Andy, welcome to the post-match, and You've been normally so positive throughout the season. Um, disappointing to lose today. And, of course, disappointing now as Manchester City have one hand on the league title trophy. Um, how are you feeling today, Andy? It must be quite sad in your household being an Arsenal
7: family. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Um, mate. What would you like to say? I'll always look on the bright side of life. Gav, welcome back, mate. Nice to hear your dulcet tones again. Cheers, matey. <laughs> um yeah, listen, FK. It was uh it we did we did, well I think we got we we actually we, we didn't get we didn't bottle it today, I think we got bullied today. I think that's the word everyone everyone should be mentioning. I think Brighton fair play to them, I thought they played very well. Uh um we we I think we just got bullied. The referee was atrocious. Um I don't even know how he's he's managed to actually be a referee. I just thought that overall we just we just looked lethargic. We just didn't we didn't play our football. Um and, and that's not, you know, from for me to be saying that I've been as you say, I've been very positive to it, Jack. To finish second still is incredible from from what we've been doing last season and and, and the seasons before. Um, I, I just feel, you know, um, it's going to be it's going to be a very positive summer. We've got to go and get players uh, to improve the squad, and like you say, hopefully, he won't dismantle it too much. You know, there's he's, he's got to be clever in the transfer market because um, obviously everyone else is going to be delving into the market. But you know, um, I thought he should have been sent off. To be honest with you, because Shado today, I thought he was. I thought he had. A, he was trying to make a point. I think today he looked like he was on a bit of fire um for some of the tackling he was doing but um yeah listen it's very disappointing um but we move on don't we you know um it's it's you know i just hope that we 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 can learn from these lessons and uh the summer's going to be uh an exciting one we're bringing some good exciting players indeed big summer ahead andy listen thank
1: you so much for your call tonight really appreciate that um Closing thoughts, ladies and gents, because it has been a frustrating day for Arsenal. Obviously, our little title hopes. uh, They've been dealt quite a devastating blow. Manchester City now with one hand on the trophy as they look like they're going to win a fifth Premier League title in six seasons. That is the juggernaut that we are up against. Um, Lots of positive things to... Sorry, lots of things to be positive about. Lots of encouragement that we take into the summer, of course, and to next season. Wayne, my co-host, at Wayne's World 20 underscore... What are your closing thoughts, Wayne? How would you sort of reflect on what's been a really disappointing day for us? Um, I think
4: that we can kind of look at this one in isolation. I don't think that results like this have happened too often this season for us. And I don't think they'll happen too often next season for us. I just think it's come at a time where we've been sort of physically drained and mentally drained. And it's just kind of, built up to this particular moment where we were really, really poor, but I think I'm looking forward to, to the end of the season still. We might not be playing for the title. We've wrapped up second place, but we've still got two two games to see these boys out, and I'll be hoping to see some changes. I'd love to see Reese Nelson get a start before the end of the season. I'd love to see Smith Rowe get a start before the end of the season. I'd love to see Vieira come back in for the final couple of games. Same for uh, Eddie Nketiah as well. And I just think we've got a lot a lot to, to look forward to in the summer and next year. I think my big my big overall feeling, though, for Arsenal fans in general, I think we need to be very, very ruthless with probably, I imagine, fan favourites. And I know Arsene Wenger in particular has kind of got us into this romantic element of supporting players and supporting the club, and we should absolutely, absolutely do that. But we need to go up a level. Um, following what we've seen this year and we're 100% capable of it but there's going to have to be some tough decisions along the way and
1: I'm I'm sure that the club will be working on it straight away Thank you Wayne If anybody wants to follow Wayne he is of course at waynesworld20 has a gaming channel on his Twitch channel and is of course co-host of the Can You Believe It podcast with our good friend Met uh, Gav, uh, closing thoughts from you any sort of words of consolation, words of therapy words of optimism uh, for next season Gav?
2: Yeah, no, like I am very optimistic about next season if they get the, uh, the transfer window right in the summer. Uh, what is, and I found a bit, I don't, I understand why, but I've had a lot of, like, sort of, mates, you know, on their way home messaging me, and, you know, I've been reading sort of various bits and pieces as the space has been going on. Going on. And the overall feeling uh, is just how flat it was, how flat everybody was after the Everton Man City game today. Uh, if it was the other way round and we played first, I don't think there would have been that flatness from the crowd, uh, from the people walking into the ground. Not saying that, you know, at times the ground didn't sound loud today, because it did. Uh, But I think that did affect the crowd, and I think that result did also affect the players today. Uh, I think there was a certain amount of resignation to the fact. Uh, Also, I mean, I've had a look at the... The league, and they have this sort of strange feeling. Really, uh, Man City are likely to have the league sewn up uh, after only dropping points in eight games all season. Uh, obviously, even in the invincible year, we dropped points in twelve games. So, I think the fact that Liverpool have had a very—I mean—they've they've ended the season well—but Liverpool, the majority of the season have been pants. Man United have been very inconsistent. Chelsea have just been nowhere. Uh, Tottenham's one good result was beating Man City. Uh, Newcastle are, are going to strengthen, even though like, basically they've played the season, the majority of the squad they've played the season before, which shows how good their uh, their manager is, if we want to be brutally honest about that. And I think next year the title's going to be a lot closer because there's potentially going to be three or four big teams Uh, that are going to improve and hopefully going to take points off of Man City the same way as hopefully we will as well. Uh, It is what it is. At the end of the season, the team that finishes top genuinely deserve to finish top. Uh, We generally deserve to finish second. No one has even come close uh, to, you know, getting anywhere near Man City all year. Do you know what I mean? You know, as I said at the beginning of this space, this season would, as a Premier League spectacle, would have been a complete write-off after about 30 games if it wasn't for us this year. So the fact we're taking it into Man City's 36th or 37th game uh, is admirable of us and shows how well we have done. But I agree completely with Wayne. Uh, Arteta and i have got to be completely ruthless this year. Uh, we've got a few players that... Uh, haven't played a great deal this year, Uh, and obviously Bannigan, who hasn't played any minutes at all for us, uh, who we might get 25, 30, 35, 40 million for. Uh, We've got to sort of cash in on that, as well as the cash injection of the Champions League. And we've got to buy a minimum of three players that are going to challenge for starting positions every single game. And... The 11, 12, 13 players that we've got at the moment, look, we consider to be, you know, first team ready, squad, le- squad level and, you know, good enough to get a second if they're all fit. We've got to keep them. And it's the squad players that we've got to be brutally, brutally ruthless with. Uh, so, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me for Eddie to go. It wouldn't surprise me, Smith Rowe. Uh, do you know what I mean? They're the sort of players that are going to, you know, between them, possibly get 40, 50 million into the coffers to go towards getting your Declan Rice's, go towards getting these top players that are going to, you know, instead of having 12, 13 players that we can depend on week in, week out, you know, we need 16, 17 players. that, you know, we're not going to be arguing and we're not going to have a drop-off when there is some rotation. You know, we've we've got to have somebody good enough uh, to... Give players like Saka a rest. Give players like Martinelli a rest. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a player good enough to put Jesus on the bench. I mean, put party on the bench. That's that's the challenge this summer. And if they get it right, then hopefully we, we could do big things next year. But yes. as, a, as a project under Arteta, we are heavily, heavily going in the right direction.
1: Well, let's wait and see what happens. Obviously, Gav can be followed, who is at SheWar. In case any of you are looking for any Arsenal related memorabilia for friends and family and birthdays, get onto SheWar. Has a tremendous selection of, uh, of merchandise. Um, so, looking, closing thoughts let's have a look at the league table. Manchester City are top 35 games played, any five points on the board. Arsenal are now in second, have been in second for a couple of weeks now, 36 games played, 81 points on the board. That does mean that Manchester City will be confirmed champions if they can beat Chelsea next weekend or if Arsenal fail to beat Nottingham Forest. That's your lot, ladies and gents, boys and girls. It's been an incredible journey this season. Been really good fun hosting these shows. We've gone for almost two hours tonight. Thank you for every single person who has tuned in today, taken time out of their weekend to listen to the show. It is, of course, available on demand on the Twitter timeline and, of course, available via all audio platforms, Spotify, Apple, from later this evening. We're not going to be back on the YouTube channel tonight. I'm frankly exhausted. We will have a late-night latte tomorrow night to just reflect on the weekend and to start looking forward. That's what we've got to do, Arsenal fans. Start looking forward because the summer is going to be big and we will be back next season. Until next time, it is bye for now. Thanks so much for all of your calls and all of your listening in. Do drop Latte firma follow. It's the only place you can get these post-match phone-ins on an Arsenal match day. Take care of yourselves. Speak soon.